You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So about two weeks ago, I was uh, outside. It's that time of year that um, uh, the leaves start to fall. And it's late this year for the leaves to fall. Have you noticed? I was talking to someone before the service, and they said, our leaves haven't even fallen. You know, and, and I said, well, mine already did. And so what happens in, in my neighborhood is that as our leaves fall, they fall in my yard and in my neighbor's yard. And uh, my neighbor's tree's leaves fall in his yard as well as my yard. And so all of us, we take the initiative to rake up the leaves uh, and take that clutter out of our yards as soon as possible so that it uh, alleviates some of the wind blow into other people's yards. Um, and that's something that we should do, right, as, as Christians. We shouldn't get a leaf blower and blow them into our neighbor's yard, right? That's, that's not the thing to do. <laughs> uh, so there, we have one neighbor that's right next to, to, to us that he has no trees. But that doesn't mean he has no leaves. And so I try to pick up the leaves as soon as I can so that we don't uh, clutter his yard and that we have a wonderful relationship um, but as I'm doing this, you know, uh, raking the leaves and put them in the dumpster, and, and then I go to the backyard, and I, and I, I do the same. I, I start to rake the leaves, and, and I'm looking, and there's some projects that, uh, that I've been wanting to do. Is, oh, let's put it another way. There's some projects that my wife has been wanting me to do. And, and so as, as we get to this place, I look at the backyard, and, and, and I begin to kind of uh, size it up. Anyone ever size up a job? You just kind of evaluate what you have. And, and so I start looking at what I have in the backyard. And as I'm looking, there's this tree that we have in the backyard, and it's, it's an apple tree. And we got this tree uh, before I got saved. And then... Since I got saved, right after, I got saved right after that, um, this tree began to bear fruit, and it has given fruit every year. Every year, there's been apples on that tree, and it's wonderful because it's gone through different seasons. For example, we had a, we had a boxer, and our boxer's name was Chula. You know, in, in Spanish, that means pretty girl, Chula. And she was a female. And so, uh, so Chula used to go to this apple tree, and she would get on her hind legs, and she would get up there and get an apple for herself. But she didn't stop there because she's a generous <laughs> Chula. So she would get an apple for herself, but then she'd go get two more apples for the Boston Terriers that we had at that time. And so they would all be outside in the back, and they would be enjoying this green apple, and it was so funny because my neighbor one time saw this happening real time. And he said, he said neighbor, I got to tell you something. Chula was out there getting an apple for herself, but she got an apple for Jules and for Princess and for Romeo. And I was like, yeah, she's like that. She just shares. But it, ha- it doesn't end there. So this apple tree has, has, has been very fruitful and, and has given apples 
to me, to Shauna. Uh, it's given apples when my grandkids come over, when it's in that time of season. Uh, my grandson will say, Grandpa, let's go get an apple. And we'll go out there and, and he'll enjoy these apples. And it's something about, something about a tr- an apple tree or a, or a peach tree. When you get it from outside, doesn't it seem better than the store? Don't it seem better? Like, it just tastes different. I don't know. It's maybe because it's growing in your house. But as, as I'm looking at this tree and it's, 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 it's done so, so, so well, I'm looking at it and I, and I begin to really examine it closely. And when I examine it closely, I see that there are limbs that are dying on this tree. And I see that there are, there are a lot of limbs that are going intertwined through the other limbs. And it's cluttering uh, the ability for this tree to grow in a healthy way. And because I worked underground before... I became a pastor, and I worked in the repair department where we would go in and, and cut, down, cut down big timber that had been crushed from the ground, and we worked with uh, chainsaws. I went and picked out the chainsaw from my storage, the one that, Mike, you're going to use. I got it out, and I began to take all the limbs that were dead begin to cut them off at the base of the trunk, and then I began to take and cut out the limbs that were going through and cluttering the growth of this tree. Now, my hope, and I want you guys to pray with me, my hope is that I didn't kill the tree. <laughs> That's always a possibility, right? There's always a potential for that. So my hope is that I didn't kill the tree, but my real hope is that that tree will continue to bear fruit. You see, that tree was created by God to be a blessing. It has blessed my family. That tree was created by God to bear fruit. And so were we. Every one of us has been created by God to be a blessing. Every one of us has been uh, created by God to bear fruit. But have you noticed that there are things that can clutter our life, that they can sometimes hinder us from not only receiving a blessing, but from being a blessing? And there are things that come into our life that, uh, that um, can uh, keep us from bearing the fruit that we're, uh, we're really called to do and, and we're able to do through Christ. And one of, the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles that we have, and think about this tree that was cluttered and some of the limbs were dying. Some of the, some of the biggest obstacles that we have that clutter our lives are finances. In fact, this is, this is a subject, and, and this is a subject, and we're going to talk about it one time at the start of the year. This is a subject that a lot of times we don't want to talk about. In fact, when we were worshiping, I was thinking, and I'm going to say this, and don't be mad at me, uh, because, uh, you know, I say things sometimes, right? But it's kind of like your, it's kind of like your closet, and, and in your closet, uh, you have that place, and if you're married here, 
Uh, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not married here, you'll know what I'm talking about later on and wait until later on. Okay, so put that in your pocket. It's like that closet you have, and you, and, and you have the negligees in there, right? You have the negligees, and you kind of, you, you, those are the, you don't talk about those, but they're there, right? And, and you like them, right? You like the negligees. Uh, it's like in your drawer, you've got those, those choners, you know, that you don't talk about, but they're there, right? Your Superman choners, right? <laughs> Superman, right? You'll never look at me the same, Right? Super pastor. You're super. You're super pastor under roof, you know. So you've got, the, they're in there, but, but they're cluttered with all kinds of stuff. And that's another sermon right there. We can preach another sermon on, on the reality of, of, of intimacy. Uh, but but, but it's, we have those things that we don't talk about. Finances is something that we don't talk about. We don't, we, we don't, sometimes we don't want to talk about it because there, there, there are things in our financial closet that are so cluttered. There are things in our financial closet that are that are that are uh, that keeping us from from being a blessing, keeping us from bearing fruit. And, and, and if you think about it, the, the 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 probably the greatest determinant, the greatest obstacle, the greatest clutter that we have in our closet, if you think about it, is probably debt. Right? It's probably debt. It's probably things that are consuming your, 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 your financial closet. It's consuming your financial uh, uh, storage uh, shed. It's, 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 it's just uh, consuming. It's just cluttering like crazy. And you, you, have, no, you have nowhere to, 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 to walk through this, this uh, uh, financial garage. You can't walk through it because you, there's so many bills that are cluttering your walkway. There's so many uh, in your closet. There are so many... Uh, Things that are that are cluttering your ability to put on some a, a garment of freedom. You, you can't put on a garment of, of of peace because there's there's worry in your closet because you're worried about the next week and how are you going to make it the next week and how anyone you don't have to raise your hand but anyone kind of relate you know the reason I know that is because our whole nation our whole nation is filled with this clutter in our financial closet as a nation. Amen? We look at the federal deficit, and, 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 and it, we're talking, you know, trillions. We're talking mucho, mucho dinero, money that you can't even really even understand. The number is beyond you can understand, but, but, it, but it filters through to, to all of us, and, and, and some, some people have been hit, and they've been devastated by, by the reality of this clutter in their lives, and so today I want to talk about, talk about this clutter, because here, here's what happens, is that it's chaos, there's, cha- there's chaos when our, when our financial closet is, is cluttered with all this, this yucky stuff, and then you find out that there's, there's more minuses and pluses, and there's more red in your, in your closet than there is black. And then it seems like you can't make ends meet. You can't put on, you cannot put on that, 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 that uh, garment of, I'm, I'm okay, I'm doing all right. You're, 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 you can't even find it. You can't even find that garment. And so we, we chose... Uh, uh, seven years, I believe that, that um, it's important, it's important that we, 
that we talk about reality. Amen? I, I've been very transparent with you as a, as a body of believers about some of my woes in, in, in personal finances. I've been very transparent with you on some of our woes as a church and, and how we came to this place seven years ago that we, we knew. We knew because of God being a God of truth that we had to declutter our financial closet. Are you with me? You see, there's sometimes that you got to face that reality and you, you have to come to the place that you face. It's like, a, it's like someone that has trouble with alcohol. you got to come to that place that you face that, that, that clutter in your, in your emotional and physical reality that you say, this alcohol is, 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 is cluttering my life. Or someone that has a drug addiction, this drug is cluttering my life. You know, finances is no different. You have to come to a place that you have to face that reality. There's a problem here. There's a problem here. What am I going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? And so, individually, Shauna and I sought accountability, and then we sought out coaching. Okay? Now, everybody doesn't do that, right? In fact, we don't want to talk about it, but we try to sweep it under a rug, but it doesn't go away if we don't talk about it. It doesn't go away if you don't, if you don't help it. So individually, we sought out counseling. We sought out accountability. We sought out coaching. And then as a, as a, uh, as a church, we, 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 made a, uh, uh, we made a collective effort. We put our heads together. We, as an eldership, as, as a, an, an administration, the administration, we came together and we began. We did this Dave Ramsey campaign. And, and, and here's, here's the thing is that, 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 that and it doesn't matter if it's Dave Ramsey. You could do Crown Financial. You could do, uh, we, we have, offer Andy Stanley's balance. doesn't matter what you do. The reality is you've got to do something. There, there comes a time in your life that you've got to do something because if you don't, it's going to be a chaotic, cluttered closet that doesn't change. And it, 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 it's like a entangled limbs on the tree. It, it forbids us from bearing fruit. And, and if we don't teach our kids, if we don't teach our kids and our teenagers the reality, they get they get infiltrated with, they get bombarded with all these credit cards, all these different things, and they think that these credit cards are wonderful because you can spend, 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 right? You can spend, spend, spend. You got the card, you, you, you can get whatever you want, but the reality is you got to pay, pay, pay. You got to pay, you got to pay the piper with interest. So that's not even on my notes, that's just a reality right there. And so, and so we, we, we took an initiative as a, as a church, and we, we, we had two credit cards, and we, we had debt with these credit cards, and they, and they would bail us out, but they bailed us in. Have you ever had a credit card? It bail you, it'll bail you out, but it'll what? It'll, it'll bail you in. You're in it. You dig this hole, and you're in it. And you dig deeper because you get another credit card. You dig deeper. Instead of filling the hole, you dig. Dig. And then you refinance your home. You dig. And then you refinance your home again. And then you dig. And then you refinance your property. And you dig. And then you go to your uncle. You say, I need help. And you dig. You don't even feel comfortable at a family reunion. Anyone relate? Anyone relate? 
so we did this, we did this, uh, we did this campaign, and, and if you guys, how many of you got the year-end review? Anyone? Okay. Don't even raise your hand on this part. How many of you read it? Don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. You know, this, this, this says a lot. If you didn't read it, it says a lot. And, and in it, it, it talks about everything that we, we've done in the past year. And, 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 uh, and, and one of the things that stands out the most, it says right here, an 11-year loan is paid off in five years. Over 36000 was saved in interest payments alone. That's, this is what you did. See, this is why it's so important for us to understand, to read. You know, 36000 in interest was saved because there was an initiative where we would pay every week. So the, the monies that were coming in every week, we, we, were, we would give 50 and then 100, right? 50? 50 a week? 50 a week, it was 25 first, and we went, moved up to 50. So every week, 50 went to the principal. Every week, every week, every principal, 50, 50, 50, 50. 52 weeks. We started that. We started taking the year ends. We started putting a big sum on the principal. We, and then we got it down in striking range. Have you, have you ever said, how am I going to do this? How am I going to eat this elephant? How am I going to eat this? Well, you have to get a fork and a knife. And, and you have to get a tortilla. You have to get a fork and a knife and get a tortilla and put some tapatio on it. Do something. Do something. And we get to this place. If you look at all this, and this is a crazy one right here, right in the middle, right in the, right here. That we have baptism. That's amazing. We've got uh, uh, the copper corridor. Amazing discovery groups. Amazing. You know, um, but right here in our change for change, in our change for change, we were able to generously give fourteen thousand, almost fifteen thousand dollars with our change for change. That's like five or seven times more than what we ever did. We gave changing lives, people that were affected by the fire in Dudleyville. Uh, I can go on and on. Just generosity, fruit, fruit. Fruit. And that's exactly for our, for our individual. Now, 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 let me just pause because you got, I heard this. I heard this. Someone came to me. Well, now what? We paid the loan. Now what? Now what? It, there, there is never a cease. There is never a stop to the opportunities that God places in our lives. There is never an end to the opportunities that God places in our life. Every day. God is placing opportunities for us to further the kingdom, to further the work, to bring the love of God to people, to love people with his, his love, and, and, and to be able to help them, not only with word, but with deed. Let me tell you, there's a 10-year plan coming. There's a 10-year plan coming. There's a 10-year plan coming that's bigger than us, but it's not bigger than God. To reach more people, to disciple more people, to love more people, to build more, and to do it debt-free through the power and the, through the love of God. But we would be crazy if we didn't, if we didn't think of, as individuals. And you may be new here today. It might be your first time here. I'm going to tell you something. We really take it seriously that all of us, every single one of us, should be 
off out of the, the yoke and the bondage of debt. Because Jesus didn't go to the he didn't go to the cross so that you could free you from the debt of your sin so that you could be in debt to anything else. I don't care if it's money, I don't care if it's drugs, I don't care if it's alcohol. Jesus went to the cross so that you could be freely forgiven for all that you've done and so that he could come into your life and through the power of the Holy Spirit lead you into freedom in every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. So here's, here's my text for today. Here's, here's our text, our Bible text. It comes from the wisest man that ever lived. Besides Jesus. Jesus is the wisest man, but Jesus was fully God, fully man. But this comes from the wisest man that ever walked on the face of the earth. Who is that? Anyone know? Solomon. Okay. Solomon. Solomon said this, he said, in, in, in Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes is a book that he wrote, this writings, that he's at his, a place in his life, he's had all these wives, he's had all this money, he's had all this accolades, people are just, he's prestigious, he's famous, and he comes to this place in his life, and he says, you know what, everything in life is empty, it's meaningless, it's vanity without God. You ever come to that place in your life? Everything, all the money I have, all the, all the prestige I have, all, the, all the, uh, the, the, the accolades, all the trophies I have, they're, they're meaningless, they're meaningless without God. And he gets to this place in chapter, in chapter 5, verse 10, and he says this, he says, whoever loves money will never have enough. I mean, you, you can just hold on to that right there. Whoever loves money will never have enough. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. You're never satisfied. And then he says this at the end. He says, this, this is meaningless. He's talking about all these different things in, in, in his own life. He's talking about everything that kind of visits our, our life. We all have these visitations. By money, we have visitations. By prestige, we have visitations. By our accolades. In fact, I told my son, we were driving down one day, probably about two years ago, and we were driving. I said, son, there are seasons of popularity. There are seasons of, of, of even financial uh, uh, gain. There's, there's different seasons. I said, we have seasons. I mean, you may be popular for two years, but I'm going to tell you, that, that'll end. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen people that are, I mean, I mean you, you, everyone's going to say you're my hero, and then before you know it, I hate you. Right? There are different seasons. We've all had it. And so he says, you know, if you, if you love money, it, it, you're going to be controlled by money. If, if, you, if, you, if you love uh, uh, this, 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 this uh, uh, wealth, you're, you're never going to be satisfied with your income. It'll never be enough. You want more. You want more. You want more. And it, be, it becomes meaningless. It becomes meaningless. And so we, we come to this place that how do we make it Meaningful. How do we make our finances meaningful? How do we have our closet, our financial closet, our bank account, whatever you want to say? How do we make it meaningful? 
Is it that you want one more zero on the end? Is, it, is, that, is that the meaningful or is that the meaningless? Is it, is it that, that you, you want uh, uh, for, for that account? Is that your safety and security? Think about it. That's meaningless because it's temporary. A lot of times we think this is my, this is my security. I, and, and, and they sell it that way. This is your security. And it's kind of spiritual because, because you, you actually trust in your money. You trust in your money. I think the American government, was the forefathers, were smart they're smart. I'll talk about that, but just let me say this. On the currency, they put something on your currency. They did it. They said, don't trust in this. Trust in God. And, and there's some young people, you probably haven't even seen it. You just look at this part. You look at this and this. Give me Ben Franklin's. You're saying, give me Ben Franklin's. I don't want Washington's. I want Benny's. The, the, the Benny and the Jet. Right? You want the Bennies. <laughs> you don't want the George Washington who? I don't want the Washington where. I want the Bennies. You notice how much PJ has up here? A Washington. I got the Washington where, right? <laughs> And so we come to this place, and, and King Solomon, um, he, he's the wisest man on earth. He, ha- he had everything a person could ever want. And he says, if you get, if you get money wrong, hear me, hear me now. If you, get, if you get this wrong, if you get this wrong, it'll clutter up your financial closet. Right? If we get this wrong. If you, if you love wealth, if you, if you love money, it'll, it'll clutter up your financial closet. It'll, it'll clutter up your organization. It'll clutter up your church. Father, may we never, ever put our trust in money. May we never put our trust in money. So there's, there's, three, there's three initiatives. We're going to call it three initiatives in decluttering our finances. And I got this outline. I, I, I adapted it from, uh, from a book called Decluttering Now. I, I, I've been reading this book, and, and, and it's, 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 it's wonderful on, on some ideas. And this, this couple, Lyndon and Sherry, I think it's Garius, uh, they wrote this book. I don't even know the, the authors, but I, I've been reading this book. And, and they have a chapter on finances. And they said three things that I, 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 I want to adapt it. I want to bring it to us um, because it makes so much sense. And I'm going uh, to put my own adage on it. And, and what they say is, is these three things that are vital, that are vital to, to how we look at our, our clutter in our financial closet. And the first thing is that, that debt has to be divorced. You know, we'll go into that right now, so you don't have to write it down. But debt has to be divorced. And then the second thing is you have to, you have, to have a relationship with financial freedom. you got to make a covenant with it. Amen? You have to actually really, really hone that down. And then the third thing is that you, you, cannot, you cannot walk away from that B word. You cannot, you cannot shy away from the B word. That's got to be your foundation. And what's a B word? Right? What is it? It's a budget. You, you can't walk away. You can't shy away from a budget. You got, you got to have something, some kind of a guideline, and we're going to talk about that right now. So, so let me pray over our, over our, our message. 
and uh, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll go we'll go into those points. Father, thank you for thank you for your love, and thank you for your providence. Thank you for giving us everything we have, Lord God. We're rich in you. We're blessed in you, Lord. As I talk about this very very difficult, sensitive subject, I pray for your for the Holy Spirit's wisdom and direction and comfort and guidance. Uh, let no one leave here condemned. Let everyone leave here edified, built up, and on a path, on a path that declutters finances and is open to your generosity and your compassion and your love and grace. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So here's the first initiative. The first initiative is we need to divorce debt. We need to divorce debt. Okay? Divorce is the dissolution of marriage. It's to dissolve marriage. Okay? It's to cease the binding relationship that we have. It's a, it's a legal separation of this oneness that you have with an individual. And I want you to think about debt. And the impact that it has on our lives, you see, it can seem like you're one with it. It can seem like you can't get away from it. It binds you and it has a grip on you. It's like an unhealthy marriage that torments and tortures you. I have met with couples with, where, the, where a spouse will torture them. And, and, and it's very unhealthy. There's a, there's a very unhealthy thing. It's, it, instead of it being edifying and building up, it's torturous. And that's what debt does. Debt, debt is like this, this marriage that, that, you, that you're being tortured and you're being, uh, uh, you, you have this, it has this grip on us. And it, it, it cannot be shaken. It's just very unhealthy. In fact, uh, um, King Solomon, again, King Solomon in Proverbs, he said this, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is going to be a servant to the lender. You're going to be a servant. You're going to serve. Notice, you're going to serve the lender. You're going to serve your debt. The message, paraphrase, puts it like this. The poor are always ruled over the rich. So don't borrow and put yourself under their power. I want you to just think with me about institutions and businesses who are rich because of your debt. There are some institutions that are rich because of people's debt. I helped institutions become wealthy by being indebted to them. And they own us. They own you. You're, you're enslaved to it. You feel this, this pressure. It's like you're married to them, and it's not a fair marriage. It's not a fair marriage. It's not a, a mutual love relationship. It's not, it's not this wonderful thing. You're bound to them every month, and every month they send you a love letter with not a lot of love, yeah. with interest. They send you a love letter. It's addressed to you. You think, oh, my goodness, they're going to be good to me, and you open it up, and you're saying, I don't like it. They want more. They want more. And they want more. You know, debt doesn't love you. It's abusive. It's not personal. It doesn't care about your feelings and especially your well-being. In fact, if you're stressed out, debt doesn't care. It's nice to you on the front side 
And on the backside, it treats you like if you're nothing and you're worthless. They don't care. Have you ever had a debt collector call you? He debt has friends that are not friends. They're not friendly. And so we come to this place and we, we want to dissolve the chains. We want to disassociate with the, the chains that bind us annually and they clutter your financial closet and your storage. And, and, and here's the thing, beloved, that you, you, you and God know what's there. Right? There, you, in fact, you may be hiding it. I, I've seen this. I, I have seen it. I've lived it. I, we, we understand. There, you begin to hide. You begin to break trust with, with people that you care about. And you, some people get addicted. They get addicted to, to spending. And, and they spend even when they don't have. And, they, and you just get to that place. And you think this is normal. You think this is normal. And your closet is full. Financial, the financial chaos. It's full, this closet. And you think it's normal. And you break trust. You don't tell people what's going on. You don't, you don't talk about it. And your relationships become weak. Your relationship with God becomes weak because you maybe begin to lie about what's really going on in your life. huh? Someone says to you, how are you doing? Oh, great. God is good. All the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but, but my life is a mess. And so there's an initiative. You have to divorce, you have to divorce that, that partner that is torturing your life. And this is the one time that I will tell you that divorce is good. The one time that divorce. Here's the thing. If someone came to me and, and if some young lady or old lady came to me and she was beat up and she was abused. If she was abused, if she was hit, she was tortured, if she was tied up by her husband, by her spouse, or, or uh, vice versa. They came to me and they said, um, look, at what, look at what's happening to me. And it's, and it's valid. Would I send her back to that person? What we, what we send, if you had a daughter or you had a son and they were being tortured, would you send them back to that person? If you saw the visible proof that they're beat up, that they're kicked, and they're, there's verbal abuse, all these, would you send them back to that person? I would say, you know what, let's take some major evaluation. Let's pray. Let's see what we can do. I'm going to help you. I want to go see this circumstance. I'm going to send people that I respect, and they're going to help you. And if things don't change, for your safety, there's got to be a change. Either things change or things change. Amen? You ever been there? Sure, it's quiet in here. Either things change or things change. So, so here are the benefits for, for divorcing debt. Here are the benefits. Number one, it frees you from stress. Just, just a hand real quick. Has anyone ever been stressed out about money? Anyone in here just been stressed Every person raised their hand just about. It, it, it frees you from stress. Number two, 
It makes relationships stronger and will build greater trust. Don't you hate it when your spouse asks you those questions about what you spent money on? You know, did you go to the golf? Did you go golf this week? Uh, yeah. Did you debit? Yeah. You build trust because you're you have a you have a you have a golf fund. You have you have something where it's not a problem, right? Number three, it embraces. This is important right here. It's important. It embraces God-led humility when we embrace the help of others. Now, now here's the thing. You see, some of you, some of you in here, you're going to embrace the help of someone to help you with this, this, this financial clutter that you have. Some of you are going to help. You're going to humble yourself because it takes humility to say, I need help. Can I tell you, Living Word Chapel humbled themselves, humbled herself as a, as, a, as a church. We humbled ourselves, and we said, we're going to embrace the help, Dave Ramsey or whoever it is, and we're going to follow this initiative. And guess what? It works. I had to humble myself. I, I remember my wife in this, in, this, in this horrible ordeal, and it all had to do with a, an inheritance that came to, to her from her father that came with a lot of issues. This inheritance, it came with a lot. It wasn't helpful. It was hurtful. And I remember us getting to the place that our finances were a mess because we're preachers and we don't make a lot of money. One thing to receive an inheritance and you make a lot of money and you can pay ta- property taxes, but when you receive something, it comes with a, more pressure. And we came to this place, and I could remember my wife at that place when we were at the, the most difficult place. She was on the ground, just, just in a place of despair. And I said, What you said, God will get us through. But in my heart of hearts, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so. How are we going to do this? But the greatest thing that we ever did, the greatest thing is we humbled ourselves and we talked to people. So there are, there are some people that will never humble themselves and they keep going year after year after year, never showing their financial choners. It's that one place that their financial negligee, they're going to hide it like if it's not there. We hide it. But, but the greatest thing, if you humble yourself, if you humble yourself and you embrace the help of others, that could be a small group. You know, when Pastor Jeff, when he looks at small groups and he's developing them, these small groups are proven. They're proven. And so there are people that say, you know what, I don't need any help. I'm doing okay. And you're not okay. You know that your financial closet is full of clutter. financial counselor, an accountability partner. We all need people that are going to ask us a serious question. Okay, so initiative number two, we marry financial freedom. We marry financial freedom. And there's a beautiful passage in the Bible that everyone should know when it comes to your finances. In fact, this should have been, this should have been our memory verse right here. This should have been our memory verse. I, we put a memory verse in there, but this should have been it. Again, Solomon wrote this. The wisest man. He said, honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then you will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. 
He said, what this passage is saying is if you put God at the center of your finances, he will lead you to declutter all the damaging effects that wealth can bring without him. You see, there are damaging effects that wealth can bring without God. You notice that he said, anyone who loves wealth, anyone who loves wealth is going to be in clutter. You're going to be in chaos. At the very, in Ecclesiastes, he says, anyone, now here he says, if you put God at the very center of your finances, if you put him as a foundation, your, 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 your closets will be full with righteous living. Your closets will be filled with peace. Your closets will be filled with order, with structure, all these things that all of us need. And somehow, some way, and, and, and I, let's think about the greatness of this country. Let's think about the greatness of this country. There has never been a country like the United States of America. Let me tell you that. There has never been a country in the history of the world that has been as prosperous, that has been as generous, that has been as powerful But more importantly, from its onset, that is launched with trust in God. And our our forefathers, right? Our forefathers got it right when they put God at the very center of everything that they did. And then they went to the currency and they said, in our currency... This is not the most important thing right here. This, this number, that's not the most important thing. You know what? This guy's not the most important guy in this currency. All these things, that ego in the back, the verbiage, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing about this nation, this is what they were thinking. Let's just think about the reality. The most important thing about this nation, what this nation should be known for, what this prosperous, powerful industrial nation should be known for is that they trust in God. And beloved, hear me now. Beloved, hear me. From the onset of this country until now, until we remove God out, there's always a reminder that God is the source. Now, there are forces that will try to remove it But as long as we trust in God, he will direct us in the right way. There's a promise, beloved. There's a a promise that he will take care of everything that you need and then more. But we have to marry freedom. Freedom! Braveheart, right? Freedom! There's got to be an initiative that we want to be free. Okay, here's, here's two great steps. I got to move quickly now. He will, and now the time is going. Two great steps in marrying financial freedom. The first one is you need to love God. And you don't, here's the thing, you don't need to. We get to choose to, right? Love God despite your finances. Love God despite your finances. 
The first step in marrying financial freedom is to change our devotion from the love of money to the love of God. You change your devotion from the love of money to the love of God. Here's two important facts about money. First of all, money is temporary. We don't need it where we're going. We don't. We don't need it where we're going. We don't got to say, in God we trust over there. Can you let me in? I got a dollar. Right? You're going in through the blood of the Lamb. And you're staying in through the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And then it's temporary, but it's also impersonal. Money doesn't care. Money doesn't care about us, right? It doesn't care. God does. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters, for you're going to hate one and you're going to love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be, listen to this, you cannot be enslaved to this. You can't say, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need more, more, more. I can do that with a dollar. I can't do it with a hundred, right? I'd be like, I need more. People who put their trust in their finances are let down a road of the worship of wealth. What I mean by this is that their wealth or lack of it rules their life. So if you're up and down because of your finances, that's because wealth is ruling your life. Their devotion becomes the stock market and their bank statements. People who put God first and have a covenant relationship with him through Jesus, they begin to trust God for their daily lives. Jesus said, when when they said, teach us to pray, he put this very important clause in there. He said, Lord, uh, our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In other words, let your will be done as it is in heaven where everybody bows down to you. Let it be the same in my life right here in Oracle, right here in Saddlebrook, right here in Samanoa. Let your will be done. And he said, give me next week's bread today. Did he say that? He said what? Give me what? Give me this day. My daily bread. Right? Why? Because he wants you to trust God every single day of your life. He's going to take care of us. Are you with me? The second great step is this in in marrying financial freedom. Trust God in your finances. Trust God in your finances. The writer of Hebrews said this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said this, he will never leave you, never will I forsake you. Notice what he says. He says, I don't care what your financial position is. I don't care what your financial status is. I don't care what you're going through. Don't put your trust in money. Put your trust in me because I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, here's the thing about it is that someone can come up after this service. I could leave that on there. Someone could come up and say, you know, just say, I'm going to go check, you know, what pastor was talking about. Someone come up and do this. And they can talk to you on the way out, like if nothing, hey, how you doing? Hey, buddy, how you, how's it going? Pound. Give me a pound, dude. Pound. How's it going? Oh, hey, well, nice being in church with you guys. And my money will be walk out the door. It'll go out the door, Bill. Walk out the door. See you later, alligator. You know, it'll walk out the door. But guess what? Even if my money walks out the door, guess who won't? Guess who won't? Even if this 
now crinkled up dollar bill that I highlighted in God we trust, even if this gets taken from me, God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. See, I can love God because he loves me. I can trust God because he's trustworthy. You see, this, this, this currency, it fluctuates. It goes up and down. Sometimes it's high. Sometimes it's low. Some of you guys look at your dollars. Oh, it's up. We're, the stock market, it broke a record. And next year you might say, the stock market, it broke my record. <laughs> broke me. Right? But here's the thing about God. Is that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He stands true. He stands loyal. He's with us. No matter what we're going through, if the United States of America was to completely dissipate, God will not leave his people. God will not leave his people. So you marry financial freedom because you want to be free in Christ. Amen? Last initiative. Last initiative. Last initiative is you make the B word the foundation of your financial decluttering. And that is a budget. That's a budget. I've got two budgeters in my world. One is Shana. She took the initiative to budget. The other one is Janet. And they both scold me if I try to spend money. So a budget, is, a budget helps us. It's, it's, it's an initiative that comes with a first step. And this first step has to bring clarity and understanding to your finances. So a budget, let's, let's think about it. A budget provides safeguards and guidelines. Amen? It's like, it's like your closet. If your closet is a mess, you have to go in there and begin to take things out. You have, to be, you have to really look at what you have. That's what a budget does. A budget says, this is how much money you have. This is how much money you spend. You write things down. You begin to see how important that is. A budget helps, helps us to develop self-control. You have self-control if you're a Christian. You have it, but it needs to be developed. It's like someone the other day said, I need patience. Look, Pastor, I need patience. No, you have patience. Now develop it. And God's giving you situations. It's giving you circumstances so you can develop that patience. They're driving me crazy. No, God's developing patience in you. God's developing self-control. Why, why does God tell us to wait for marriage for us to be intimate? Why does God tell us that? Why? Because he wants to develop Self-control. Here's the thing. Think about it. Think about it. When you're in a relationship and you, and you start to have intimacy, you start to have sexual intimacy, and you, and you don't wait till marriage, you don't develop self-control. And what happens is that if you're away on a trip because you haven't developed self-control, your wife gets sick or your husband gets sick, you haven't developed self-control where you say, I'm okay, I'll be all right. Then, then you, you, you go and you move and you do things that you shouldn't do. Self-control is a good thing. You have to develop self-control. Galatians 5.22 says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? Think about the apple tree, right? Think about the apple tree. 
it develops this kind of fruit in your life. And he goes on with, with love and, and peace and joy. See, the, this is not, de- it does not, it is not determined by you. It is not activated by you. It's activated by God. So he produces self-control. The, 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 the budget is just an, an, an adaption, uh, 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 you adopting something that God has given to you. Any, you can call it whatever you want. You don't even have to call it a budget. Call it my list. My list, my paper list of where my finances are going. We can call it whatever we want. And, and, and what it is is just developing self-control. A budget makes us wise in our spending. I have, I have found something out that's, that's, that's radical about money. I have found something to be true that's radical. Is that every person is good with money. Every person is good with money. Some people are good at spending it. And some people are good at saving it. Proverbs, again, against Solomon the wise have wealthy the wise have wealth and luxury but fools spend whatever they get a budget is a guide which which helps both the the reason it, it is it's it, it's a safeguard for people who spend everything and it also gives freedom to enjoy yourself to the ones who spend nothing see the ones who spend nothing you need to enjoy yourself you need to have a a, a place in your budget that says enjoy Right? Enjoy. Do something sporadic. Jeff, do something sporadic. <laughs> Mike, do, have it in your budget. Do something sporadic. Or, or for those of us that need the, the help, we, 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 have, we need a safeguard. The, the, a budget allows us to put God first. And these are vital right here. These are vital. A budget allows for us to put God first. Can I tell you, if you put God at the bottom... Everything else doesn't care about God. Right? Think about it. Your electric bill doesn't care about God. Your gas bill doesn't care about God. If you put God at the top, God cares about everything else. God cares if you have gas. God, well, (laughs) in a utility kind of way, okay? But he cares if you have gas too because you have to, you know, sometimes you have to release God, if you put God first, he cares about everything else. Look at what, uh, what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He says, regarding the relief offering to the poor Christians that is being collected, you get the same instructions I gave to the churches in Galatia. In other words, in every church, he said, every Sunday, each of you make an offering and put it in safekeeping. And then he says, be as generous as you can. I love it because <laughs> notice we put grace giving at the top of your budget. In other words, be as generous as you can. And for some, this is $5. And for some, this is $500. It doesn't matter what the money amount is. It matters where your heart is. Put, be as generous as you can be. God knows what we can give and what we can't. And he wants to take care of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to lead us to put God first. In fact, here's, here's, here's what I want to do. Maybe some of you, you've never given before to, to God and God's work. I want to give you a challenge. Let's do a 90-day challenge where you put God first in your finances. You put him first. And at the end of 90 days, see where you're at. And I believe that you're going to see that you're going to be better off than you were before God was first. 
I believe it because you can never outgive God. Second, second on your budget, and some of you in your outline, if you turn around, you have a budget, and it's it's just a make make. Uh, uh, we put this budget together. It's not something you have to use, but it's something that you can look at. The second thing, we put savings. You give back to yourself second because if you don't give back to yourself and you begin to save, your bills don't care about you. They'll suck everything out of you and you'll be left with nothing. You put God at the top, you put yourself second in a savings account, and then everything else goes after that. We divorce debt, we marry financial freedom, and we make the B word a foundation in our financial closet. Let's pray. On your outline is this prayer. I'd love for you to join me in praying this, if you, if you will. Heavenly Father, I am especially thankful for the freedom I received through Jesus Christ. Freedom from my debt of sin as well as a blueprint orchestrated by the Holy Spirit which will lead me in financial freedom. Thank you for teaching me the importance of decluttering my personal finances. I embrace your plan for me to divorce debt, to covenant with you in financial freedom, and embrace your plan for a budget as a guideline for my spending. I believe this year will be a breakthrough year in my finances, which will allow me to live stress-free, open the door for me to save more, and allow me to be more generous than ever. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.